And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, there's an issue that's very near and dear to my heart that I've dealt with in my personal family. And I've seen it out there. It's affected others' lives, including the lives of celebrities and one of the celebrities' deaths that actually really affected me. And that normally does not happen too often. I have empathy, but normally it's not a gut punch like when I found out that Robin Williams had passed away and there were certain things that he was dealing with. And so we're going to get into a little bit about that today. But I'm talking about the topic of dementia. It is a horrible mental disease. And in certain kinds of dementia, it's often misdiagnosed. Tonight and today, we're talking about Lewy body dementia, LBD, as it's often called. And it's the second most common dementia after Alzheimer's and affects more than 1.4 million Americans. That is a lot of people. And so I had an article come across my desk uh, talking about how we're going to be trying to hunt that monster that killed Robin Williams. Because I think it is actually something that if we treat this at, at its early stages, possibly it can be prevented. That knowledge is oh so important. And so we're going to bring on my next guest to talk a lot about the ins and the outs of LBD, Dr. Russell Leibovitz. He is a co-founder and CEO of Biotech Diagnostics, and that's a company of Amprion. I think I'm saying that right. And prior to his management career, Dr. Leibovitz also worked as a senior scientist and research physician for over 15 years And he also served on the faculty of Baylor College of Medicine in Houston and the Fox Chase Cancer Center in Philadelphia. So first off, let's welcome him to the show. Thank you for taking the time, doctor. I'm happy to have you on this show as well. There was another show I produced, so I had you on. There's a lot of information to get out there. Well, thanks so much, Noah, for having me today. Well, first off, let's get the website out as we talk about this very important issue of LBD, Lewy body dementia. Where can people go as they listen to our chat to get the correct information? Thanks for that, Noah. Amprion's website is www.amprionme, and I'll spell that, A-M-P-R-I-O-N-M-E, And there's a lot of information there from all sorts of sources that we've tried to vet with respect to Lewy body dementia, as well as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and how these diseases relate to one another, why early diagnosis is important, and how we can do early diagnosis uh, very recently. Well, first off, let's start with the basics, because I know a lot of people know of dementia. A lot of people have heard of Alzheimer's, and maybe they don't know the difference. So let's start there. Of those two general diseases, what's the difference between the two? They are related, but what's the difference? Well, so dementia, by definition, describes the state of losing memories and not being able to perform executive functions, meaning things like I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to the store, how do I do that? So dementia in general has many different causes, the most frequent of which is Alzheimer's, and then we'll talk about Alzheimer's specifically. Alzheimer's is a very common 
form of dementia that presents mostly in people beginning in their 60s, increases in prevalence as we age, and that we've learned over the last approximately 100 years since it was first discovered that there are certain changes in the brain in people with Alzheimer's. And those changes have, were described, again, in the early 1900s that when we don't really know which form or haven't until recently been able to tell which form, but in the past when someone died and they had dementia and you looked at their brain, if they had Alzheimer's, there were two things in the brain that were not seen uh, in patients that didn't have Alzheimer's. And one is something called plaque, which is an accumulation of protein throughout the brain outside of cells. And the second is called tangles, which is an accumulation of a second protein inside of cells throughout the brain. And that really, until recently, is how we would distinguish what sort of dementia someone had. Now, in the last 10 years, maybe, we start to understand that there are things that we can measure that predict the, our, what we will see uh, at, after a patient is gone. And so we can make predictions as to who has Alzheimer's type or, as we're going to talk about today, Lewy body type dementia while someone is alive. But the challenge here is being able to do it very early when symptoms are minimal. And we can talk about that in a few minutes if you'd like. Yeah, we definitely will do that because if anything, this is a information and preventative interview because I'd like to have people be able to minimize just the long-term effects of this disease that we're talking about, which brings me to my next question. So we talked about dementia. So what is Lewy body dementia? LBD, and what causes it, and who is susceptible to getting it, doctor? Yeah, so Lewy body dementia, whereas Alzheimer's was really characterized in the beginning almost 100 years ago, Lewy body dementia really, we began to recognize it as a distinct entity in the mid-1970s, so really less than 50 years. And what we have learned is Lewy body dementia looks like a number of different diseases, all of which are bad, but it's a combination. And it's that combination and the order in which symptoms appear that make it very hard to diagnose. Once we figure it out that someone has Lewy body dementia, then we know they're going to have three different types of symptoms, and I'll go through those. So the first type of symptom in someone with Lewy body dementia is not so different than what we've described in just dementia and Alzheimer's, that loss of memory, loss of ability to learn new things, to remember things, loss of executive function to the point where over time people are no longer able just to take care of themselves. So there's, we'll call those cognitive effects of the disease related to dementia. Okay. The second, go ahead, if you want to. No, I said, I said, okay. I mean, that, that that's good to know. And especially as we have this conversation to note that first kind of thing, that's going to be starting to uh, have the effects of the cognitive issues. I mean, that's a very big thing. And so if you're living with a lot of family members, I would imagine when you start to see maybe slips in that field, those are things you should know, maybe make a journal, pay attention to, uh, so that if symptoms develop further, you can actually take immediate action. Those are all great points, Noah. So, you know, for dementia, it's fair to say that more often than not, the symptoms are recognized more by family members and friends that, you know, we always, we age, lose 
certain parts of our memory or can't recall things as quickly and aren't as facile or easy in just remembering things and doing things. But when people notice, people in our family, that we're forgetting things that we should know. You know, we forget the directions to the grocery store around the corner where we've been going for 20 years. Then family members start to say there may be something here. And so dementia and in Lewy body dementia as well, that's the first sign. Um, another sign that occurs equally frequently in Lewy body dementia and much more rarely in Alzheimer's are movement disorder signs. So if I summarize, what you start to see with movement is it looks just like Parkinson's disease. And what happens in Parkinson's is the same way we can no longer think and remember things easily, we can no longer move the way we used to be able to move. Athletes detect this most often. Sometimes singers and performers like Robin Williams will notice because the, the motor control here might be in their voice. But for everyone else, we find that we can no longer walk as well. There's tremors, there's stiffness. We might be leaning to one side. One of the very common and unique signs of the Parkinson's aspect of Lewy body dementia is that people's handwriting suddenly just shrinks. They, we can no longer move our hands freely Signing normally is, a, is second nature. That's part of who we are is our signature. Suddenly our signature becomes small and cramped because we send the same signals to our hand, but what comes out is something very different. So those are the movement disorders, the stiffness, the Parkinson's-like symptoms. And in patients with Lewy body dementia, there's a third uh, pretty scary set of symptoms that are that otherwise would be seem as if they're psychiatric. We can hear voices, we can see things, we have delusions. So we have all together here with Lewy body dementia, it's a bad trifecta of dementia, movement disorders, and and disorders that are psychiatric with uh we can have delusions or hallucinations. So it's a, it's a bad thing to have. And all, any one of those three <clears throat> might appear first. So if we start with the psychiatric symptoms, the same patient might be referred to a psychiatrist who then might not notice the movement or the dementia. And the same, if it goes to a movement disorder specialist, they may be less sensitive to the psychiatric or the dementia. So it's really important for the listeners here and for everyone to understand this disease, that it has three different components, all of which are bad. And that, you know, what we're trying to do today is to explain that 1.4 million Americans have this disease and we just want to increase awareness. And it sounds like to me, correct me if I'm wrong, that these individual stages, they don't happen in any certain order, but they do happen maybe one at a time. I, it doesn't sound like it's too common to where you have all three because there has to be progression of the disease. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, you're, you're partly, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag. So rarely do all three appear at the same time, but in one person, the important thing is all three may appear within the course of a year, and that really helps to define the disease. If some of the symptoms are 10 years later, it's hard to call it Lewy body dementia. And as you said, any one of the three can appear first, and that's what we, we 
focus on first, and we may miss the others. But I think the key here is any three, any of those three, or even two of the three that occur over the course of one year starts to look like Lewy body dementia. Well, Dr. Leibovitz, I, I, I think what is important to note here is if you're with a family member all the time, especially one that is aging, and you start to notice any one of these three occur, something doesn't seem right. Don't brush it off. Maybe start making a journal because you don't know when the next one is going to occur. And you also don't want to reach a point to where it's too late and you can't do anything that can stop the disease from progressing further. I mean, you are so spot on here that you've said now two or three times that when you suspect either in yourself or particularly in a family member that something's going wrong, keep a journal. A journal is extraordinarily valuable. It tells us the dates that things happen. It's an objective record of what we have seen. And when you finally feel that it's time for you or, or me or a family member to go see a specialist, that journal is of just un, just unbelievable value in saying, well, here's what's been going on. It began actually, I thought it was up three months ago, but I see that I have a journal entry from nine months ago. So this can be incredibly helpful. And remembering that the goal here is early diagnosis. And let's take one second to explain why that's so critical not only for Lewy body dementia, but for Alzheimer's, for any neurodegenerative, any brain disease. And that's because unlike almost every other organ in the body, when brain cells are damaged or die, they don't regenerate. Almost everywhere else, we can injure things, we can have serious injuries to many of our organs. We know we tear our muscles all of the time and they recover. The brain does not recover. It cannot grow new cells. So once we have symptoms, we have lost usually millions or even billions of nerve cells and those can't be recovered. So early diagnosis and diagnosis because of a test rather than symptoms allows us to identify that we or others have a disease while we are still mostly intact. Our memories are still good. Our movement is still strong. And at that point, we can slow down the disease. We don't even have to cure it, although curing would be a goal. But if we catch someone who at a certain point with a drug that slows it down enough, to where the symptoms begin to appear at age 120, we've largely won the battle. Oh, 100%. I, I, I love that outtake on it because most people aren't going to make it to 120. So if you can really stretch that out, that is a game changer. Noah here on Across the County, and so pleased to have Dr. Russell Leibovitz, my guest. He's discussing the early warning signs of Lewy body dementia. Now, it's a very mysterious brain disease that has destroyed one of Hollywood's most creative minds. Of course, I'm talking about Robin Williams. It was, like I said earlier, a gut punch when I found out uh, his passing, and we're going to get into that here in just a moment. But you just mentioned testing. And so what I want to ask you now, Dr. Leibovitz, is like, what is the testing available out there that you can use in the early stages that can maybe say, hey, okay, let's do the test. Hey, we're definitely seeing some concerns here. Let's 
see what we can do to slow this down? Yeah, uh, again, great question. So let me step back just for one minute and explain that we now have a much stronger understanding of the way that all of these neurodegenerative diseases, whether they're movement disorder, whether they're dementias, turns out they have a lot in common. And what they have in common that we've learned in the past 50 years is that they are, they, their progression is carried by something very unusual that we really didn't discover until, again, 50 years ago, where normal proteins in our brain that have normally constructive functions, they can change and transform to where they have destructive functions. And they do it by folding into a different shape. And the, the analogy that I like to use for this is it's very much like the show the transformers where you have one shape nothing else changes but it transforms into a different shape with an entirely different function so in this case we could say that if we have a normal protein in the case of lewy body dementia it's a constructive protein in the brain called alpha-synuclein and we might say that that's in the form of a truck and it's carrying things around it's building things but under certain circumstances it misfolds and it turns into a missile launcher and starts destroying things well that is what happens in our brain when we have a neurodegenerative disease and so a normal protein in the case of Lewy body dementia alpha-synuclein transforms, flips, and misfolds into something that is made of alpha-synuclein, but now is very destructive. And the important part here is that once it folds into the dangerous form, it recruits all of the normal forms to turn into the dangerous form as well. So this disease happens because for some reason, almost at random, a very small number of trucks transform into missile launchers and they build missile launchers everywhere. The next thing you know, that begins spreading from cell to cell and over 20 to 30 years, you destroy a significant part of the brain. So if we can measure the transformed form of the proteins, in this case, again, for Lewy body dementia, it's a protein alpha-synuclein, we can do that very early when there's only a few missile launchers around, and we can then predict what will happen, and we can begin to do things that slow down the ability of the transform the misfolded alpha-synuclein to convert others. And that's really the goal here. In Alzheimer's, it turns out there are two different proteins that go through the same sequence I just explained. One of them is called a beta amyloid. One is called tau. So we know there are three or four proteins in the brain responsible for most of these diseases. And so if we can devise tests for the misfolded form at the early stage when the misfolded form is rare, we now have a diagnosis is now beginning to happen. Well, I know your research team, that's where you guys have developed this Syntap test, and this is for detecting the LBD, Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's diseases decades before these symptoms appear. And I cannot even stress enough, as you're starting to age, maybe just make this as part of your, you know, your checkup. Am I doing okay mentally? Get one of these tests. Explain what these tests do and how effective they are at detecting this early stage of any of these diseases. 
diseases. Yeah, I think you're raising a really good point that in the future, rather than suffer from these diseases and have them irreversible, we're going to learn that, in fact, these are, are not diseases of old people. We think of all of these diseases as diseases of aging because they don't appear to until our 60s, and then they, get, they increase in our 70s and 80s. But what if we could recognize which we, what, the way we do now that actually it takes 20 to 30 years to have symptoms? So this disease that we think of as people in their 60s and 70s actually begins in our 40s and 50s. And that would be the time to start looking and to start identifying who has the problem and then to come up with a combination of drugs or lifestyle changes or medical devices to, just as we said before, just slow it down so that in your natural lifetime, symptoms are minimal or nil. And Dr. Russell Leibovitz is my guest, MD, Amprion co-founder and CEO. Doctor, give out the website one more time as we're about halfway through our chat today. Great. Thanks, Noah. It's uh, <clears throat> www.amprionme.com. And again, A-M-P-R-I-O-N-M-E dot com. And thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. I want people to be informed, be able to see this information for themselves and uh, formulate questions as they hear us talking. Now, I'm very curious because, as I said at the beginning of the interview, very big fan of Robin Williams, and I was just heartbroken with his passing. What prevented uh, Robin, from being properly diagnosed as having LBD, because I know that did uh, come out, I believe, after he already passed, correct? Correct. And again, most of what we know about this is from the documentary that was made by his family. So they've released most of this. So what we know is that Robin Williams uh, initially, as I mentioned earlier, noticed the motor symptoms and one of the most common motor symptoms is your inability to control your voice. And for a singer or a comedian, that's critical. And so he noted it. He went to a doctor uh, who looked at the symptoms and said, this looks like Parkinson's. And in fact, the motor symptoms looked like Parkinson's. But what it turns out didn't happen is he didn't share because he was tormented by it, that he was having hallucinations. He was seeing things. Uh, he may have had known that he was losing his memory. And so the doctor who mainly saw the movement type went and tried to treat him and manage this as a Parkinson's case. And as we said, LBD, Lewy body dementia, is really a combination of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So Really, only after he passed and they were able to look at his brain did they realize that it looked more like Lewy body dementia, which in many ways, it, it's not so different than Parkinson's. The same alpha-synuclein we're talking about that causes Lewy body dementia also causes Parkinson's. It's just that the, the alpha-synuclein misfolds happen in different parts of the brain. So the two diseases are related. However, he was, they missed and he didn't share enough of 
the psychiatric symptoms and the cognitive symptoms to be helped. And that's why this goes back to that early detection. And even if it's past early detection, why the correct diagnosis of degenerative brain disease is so crucial to the patient, because where you might treat something for Parkinson's management, you could treat it similarly to LBD, but you might have also additional things that's going to stretch that out for the long-term care of the patient. Exactly. So the more we know, the more we can do. And what we like to say at Amprion is that early detection enables early prevention. And that's really what you're saying also, that earlier and accurate is really the the determining factor of treating this disease in the future. And again, with 1.4 million Americans affected by this disease. It is not something minor. There are lots of people we've all known that we just haven't known the story. So, you know, getting this out with your help is really important. So I really thank you for the opportunity to talk about this today. You're most welcome. And again, uh, not necessarily Louis Body, but I have had numerous cases of dementia in my family. And it's something that's horrible. And it hurts when you watch somebody that you love go through this. And so when we get the information out there, we can affect the lives of other people and get them to see these early. You know, there's so much suffering we can prevent, which is where my next question leads. Something I've heard, I don't know if it's accurate, accurate uh, that uh, through my family and, and friends is a lot of us try and do a lot of these brain puzzles, brain teasers, a lot of strategy type games, because I've heard, doctor, that if you keep your mind active, that's another way to prevent diseases like this from, it's not going to stop it if it's genetic, but it is going to be an additional blockage of maybe prolonging it or perhaps even stopping it altogether. I'm not quite sure. Well, I'm not sure that anyone's completely sure, but what we do know is that people who don't do things like this and don't keep challenging themselves intellectually definitely fare worse and have a high frequency of these diseases. So we don't know that any particular exercise yet or which ones work best, but it's very much good advice to do this. The other things that seem to make a giant difference as well are the same things you would do to lead a healthy life with respect to heart disease. So eat healthy. Um, Don't drink too much, but there's probably the same guidelines as one would have for heart disease. Same uh, smoking. You know, smoking, uh, the more you smoke, the more likely you are going to see damage in the brain leading to a neurodegenerative disease. So it's not difficult. It's just that if you know you have this, you can embrace these lifestyle changes um, more aggressively. And then the other, which I think is really important, where the data is getting stronger and stronger for these diseases, is sleep. Mm. Sleep is incredibly important. Sleep is the time when your brain, when our brains repair, where they figure out, you know, what's gone wrong. They take the memories we need to keep. They get rid of all the things we've seen that we don't need to keep in our memory. And then for someone who's undergoing dementia, we have less capacity. So sleep becomes even more and more important. Good sleep, deep sleep, you know, seven to nine hours a day. That's exactly why. Yeah, if you miss a night here or there and you meet, you know, only get a couple of hours, the long-term effects probably not going to be that bad. However, if this becomes a regular pattern, 
the long-term effects can be disastrous into diseases just like we've been talking about today. Absolutely. So you, you've nailed it there that, you know, you don't get anxious about, you know, you're on a vacation or you're working super hard and you haven't slept for you know five days or six days. That can be made up. But when this is permanent over 10 to 20 years and there never is good sleep and there's never seven to nine good hours of restful sleep, that's both a sign of a problem and it's a, it's a cause of a problem. Well, Dr. Russell Leibovitz, it's been just great information out there. We're going to have to do this again. I know I'd like to point the listening audience, including if there's any physicians out there, to your website one more time because they can learn about the early stages of Lewy body dementia, other brain diseases, and also, uh, you know, that test we talked about a little bit earlier, which is the new Syntap test, which I think could save a lot of lives. Yeah, we're counting on being able to help a lot of people by diagnosing these diseases at a time when there would be no other signs. So we're really hopeful that our tests combined with the ability of drug makers to come up with a number of successful candidates between us, we can make an impact in the next five to 10 years. So the website is Amprionme.com. That's www.amprionme.com. And again, thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, Dr. Leibovitz, it was my pleasure. He's Amprion co-founder and CEO, and you know so much about what is affecting 1.4 million Americans, and we want to get that number down and on the decline. And it's uh, interviews just like this. They're going to get that to happen. So thank you. Well. With your help, we'll try to get it to zero. Noah here and across the county. Stay tuned. There's more coming up.